Good morning, everyone. What a beautiful Thursday to meet together and talk about Jesus and to be encouraged as we talk one with another. I do the talking, you do the agreeing and the shouting back that Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Okay, well, thank you for coming by today. If you're new to our morning journey together, stay around for a while. Some good things are coming down on the road. And subscribe if it's something that's blessing you. Give us a thumbs up on Facebook. Our podcast really is on several platforms. You can find it on Spotify, iHeart, Podbeam, several different platforms. You can find our podcast. So tune those in, carry them with you in your phone. So those emergency times that you can listen during the day. Amen. Just a good thing to have. Well, we're talking today about we hold these truths to be self-evident. I uh, dropped in my heart as I was meditating and planning for this uh, Thursday morning time, things that are self-evident. Now, that's familiar to you if you're uh, old enough to have been in school when they actually taught the Constitution and the Bill of Rights in your school. Oh, sadly, sad to say there's so many schools that are not teaching that. So that statement, of course, is the founding fathers declaring uh, the Declaration of Independence and then giving us eventually the Bill of Rights. We hold these things to be self-evident that all men are created equal under their creator. And the power of that has come from the creator. Now, there's another uh, f- there's another phrase or two that really says the same thing in um, different language is uh, the natural law. You'll find you'll find natural law referred to in our early uh, lawmakers and even our early theologians will sp- speak about it quite a bit. Natural law. What's natural law? Well, it's the way God made it. It's the way our Creator made it. It just goes that way. Try, uh, let's let's take, for instance, uh, the law of gravity. Take that to the Supreme Court and see what what kind of (laughs) what kind of law they can change on that one. That's called natural law. Now, some say uh, there's another statement saying common sense. Common sense is that. If I put my hand on a hot stove, I will have a burn. It will be, it will hurt, and I will have a bruise. I will have a wound on my hand if I put my hand. That's common sense, natural law, and it's the way God made it. You don't touch a hot stove. You don't play in the freeway. You don't jump off of high buildings without a parachute or, (laughs) you know, a bungee cord. Those things are written into the code of life. Now, this society we're in has come up with a a brainchild called, we're going to change law by our opinions. So they're trying to change. They think they can change the genetics. They think they can change the outcome of societal, you know, societal actions and so forth. 
Well, we hear a lot of shouting. We hear a lot of uh, moaning and a lot of complaining, a lot of victimization. I'm a victim. You're a victim. We're all victims. Let's put, you know, let's, let's sue the city. <laughs> oh, I, uh, in my notes below, I wrote a little rephrase parable of Jesus. Try this on for size. And Jesus said, the farmer went out and decided not to throw his seed in the ground. And when the seed didn't come up, he sued the city for a lack of funds. Sounds familiar? That's what is happening in this upside down society because they are trying to do away with God. And in order to do away with God, they have to come against God's laws. And they think they can do it. The scriptures tell us, <laughs> the scriptures tell us that the nations rage and imagine a vain thing. How much more vain, that uh, doesn't sound right, or how vainder, that's not even a word. <laughs> the audacity, the, uh, the self-ego that they think they can change the laws that God has put out there. The law of sowing and reaping, for instance. You don't put the seed in the ground, you don't get a harvest. You can't sue the government because the harvest didn't come up if you don't play the rules. That means you plant the seed. So what about income? What about prosperity? What about peace in the house? <laughs> you know, the scripture says you show yourself friendly if you want friends. Oh, no, 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 that's, that's not my law. My law is I'm going to be mean and ugly, and I'm going to cheat and lie and steal from everybody around me, but they will love me anyway, and they will be my friends. Okay, you're going to have a lonely lifestyle if that's what you try, because there's a law of if you give, you'll get back in the proportion you give. Scripture says, give and it shall be given unto you, shaken down, pressed together, and running over. So the mind of man in our society and in the uh, human makeup decides that they're going to get without giving. So what do they do? Well, they print money. They uh, give away freebies. They tell you, you don't have to work. We'll send you a check every month. Now, Sweden's doing that. There's other nations that are trying a, um, a monthly annual, you know, salary to everybody, no matter what you do. We had some um, fella in Seattle. Oh man, it must be five or eight years ago, maybe longer. And uh, he had quite a active business, successful business, making some money, I suppose. Well, he was making 70000 a year. So he decided that to be equal, he was going to pay everybody the same wage. Well, he started losing his smart people because the janitor and the guy that fixes the toilets and sweeps the floor was making the same as the one who was inventing and creating and, you know, making the job, making the company run. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. Our first uh, Jamestown uh, that was established in Jamestown, Virginia, they were the first 
troop that came over to try to establish a, um, you know, a city or a town or a village. And they brought with them a boatload of gentlemen, gentlemen. Now, English gentlemen didn't work in those days. They just sat around and somebody fed them. Well, here you go. They came over to a barren land with no structure at all. And they liked to starve to death because nobody wanted to work. Well, now when the pilgrims came over, they tried some sort of socialistic type thing where they had a garden and everybody worked in it. And then they all ate out of it. Well, guess who didn't want to work? There's a group of them didn't want to work and they wanted to eat. And the others said, not so. It's not going to work that way. That's not the law of nature. The law of nature is if you work, you get to eat the fruit of your labor. If that other guy is not working, Paul said, if you don't work, you don't eat. That's the law of God's nature. <laughs> Sounds cruel, doesn't it? How can that happen in, a, in an enlightened society? Well, if you don't want to work, we'll feed you anyway, you... <laughs> okay, I'll be nice. <clears throat> Solomon called him slothful. Solomon called them lazy. Solomon said, if they, they turn over again in the bed, they turn over like a, like the gates, like the gate on the fence swings back and forth. They just roll back and forth and they have no food in the house and they wonder why they're hungry. All right. <clears throat> We're talking today about these truths that are self-evident. Well, Here's some biblical truth. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will not sink beneath the storm and into the water. <laughs> keep your eyes on Jesus. All right. Here we are. We're walking now through a storm. There's a storm. We're in the boat. We see Jesus. We call out. He says, come. Then I'm talking about Peter now. You know the story. We get out of the boat, we're walking on the water, and then the news media starts blasting all the misinformation, all the lies, all the man's ideas, all of what's going to happen. And we look away and we begin to listen or we look and we wonder, oh my goodness, we're all going down the tubes and we start sinking. What did Peter do? He got his eyes back on Jesus. Jesus lifted him up. And they walk back to the boat on the water. You can recover from fear. You can recover from negative input. You can recover from being an, an addict <laughs> to the news broadcasts that are giving you misinformation. God is still in charge. Now, we're in the... We're in the control part where we obey the Lord, and in that obedience, we change and shift history and do the things that need to be done. Is it discouraging at times? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're tempted. We're tempted to be discouraged. But if you'll keep your eyes back on Jesus where it belongs. Now, I've been... I've been walking with, with the Lord a long time. And there have been times when the blast of negative things come and it shakes you. 
and you you know you stumble a little bit. I love that uh, 73rd Psalm. Asaph wrote that one. I think he was a worship leader. And he said, I looked next door to the man who didn't have a covenant with God, and he was prospering like a green bay tree. That must have been a beautiful shade tree in that hot country. And he said, I looked there and I and my knees grew weak and I began to stumble. And then I turned into the house of the Lord and was strengthened. What does that mean? It means that I looked around and the yahoos that deny God seemed to be in control, making laws and shouting loud and turning the society upside down. I looked over there and there's a guy that's making lots of money doing some kind of crooked deal or using the flesh to get ahead. We've got a prosperous guy in town has got his own marijuana farm. I thought, oh Lord, <laughs> how can that be? And Oasip said, he started to stumble. In other words, he said, how can that be? I thought I was going to be blessed. And yet he turned himself back into the house of the Lord. Now you and I, we turn ourselves back to Christ, back to the back to the promises. Stay with the prophecies. Stay with what you know to be true. Because God said, we win in the end. All right. Now I know. A lot of people say, well, we're going to go to heaven someday and it'll all be good. <laughs> well, I think there's a there's a reward this side of heaven that's going that's promised also. So don't don't be waiting for heaven to change everything. Death is not our savior and neither is the coming of the Lord our savior. He is our savior and he does it in real time in our lifetime. And if you don't know that's true, listen to some of the testimonies of soldiers like myself that have been rescued and saved from some, some narrow escapes through lifetime. Now, uh, are we perfected? Is this the end? Are we glorified? Well, we're always increasing in the things of the Lord, aren't we? That's something always a little greater and more mature and have greater revelation tomorrow than we do today. I've often said, and I'll say it again, <laughs> this is what I know today. Tomorrow it will be different. Ah, not changed, just increased. Amen. Well, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I love you guys and gals. Thank you for this Thursday connection. And let's keep fired, keep our cylinders all fired up and rolling down the road. Amen. Until tomorrow, don't forget, subscribe if you haven't. Thumbs up, like us, and <laughs> give us all the comments and, and hit the stars and you know, all of those things that help us. And we'll bless you in the end. Okay. Well, be blessed, and I want to thank you again every day. I want to thank you for supporting our broadcast with your finances. If that's something you feel to do, right down there in the show notes, you'll find PayPal or the address. Until tomorrow, whoa, tomorrow's Friday. 
I'm excited. I'll see you then. God bless.